Welcome to the Scott Shepherd Podcast. I am a man on a mission to create an army of independent writers, creators, and thinkers who make a hell of a living doing what they love. And it all starts with one thing, and that is doing things the old way, the hard way, the deliberate way, the anti-net way. Listen in as I share thoughts and rants of what goes on behind the scenes as I create an independent knowledge empire where I get to spend my days doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Daily Scott Shepherd. Today's episode is number 148. It is being recorded on a Wednesday in Little Italy in San Diego, California at 2.46 p.m. on a Wednesday. And today, well, quite frankly, I didn't have too much time to do research yesterday in terms of new research in the areas of copywriting, marketing, mass persuasion, and, well, quite frankly, anything that would pertain or add value to the lives of entrepreneurs. Instead, most of the day, I spent updating and revising and playing around with the format of my daily to-do list. And the daily to-do list, well, it's not really a to-do list. It's more of a life organization optimization system for your day and for your life that you can rely on and, well, source your own approval, control, and security every single day of your life. And if that sounds like an infomercial, well then, fellas, I must tell you, I agree with you. I do not know why it sounds like an infomercial. However, what I do know is that right now I feel profoundly retarded. And (laughs) the reason is, centers on, well, my date last night. You see... We had a very fun and splendid time. I feel, well, I won't say retarded because that's derogatory these days, but I feel even more profoundly lackluster and irreverent and at risk of going off on a meandering trail down into the depths of the taboo topics that, well, as you may recall from yesterday's episode, that I decided to grace. So I'm going to hold my tongue today and bite my tongue. And, well, I'll do that figuratively, of course. And we'll instead just update you on the date that... I had last night. To quote my late grandfather named Pete Shepper, 
And Pete Shepper, mind you, was not named Pete Shepper. He was just called Pete for some reason. His real name was actually called, his real name was Lawrence Jerome, which is uh, kind of funny that his name is Lawrence Jerome and everyone just called him Pete. I didn't even know his name was Lawrence Jerome and until, I don't know, maybe my, my mid-20s. And, well, good old Pete Shepper, is in, he's a, he was in a, a corn-fed Indiana boy with a flat top that essentially always insisted that Johnny Unitas was the best quarterback that ever lived and ever will live, even though we both know if Johnny Unitas was in the NFL today, he would be the assistant athletic <laughs> trainer. Uh, the assistant athletic trainer is, I'm sorry, let me, let me specify this more. The assistant athletic trainer is towel boy. <laughs> we always used to joke with Pete that, well, today's game is the modern game, baby. And Johnny Unitas, quite frankly, ain't going to cut it. We did this more as an act of derision to poke fun at him because it was always fun. And that man, I will tell you, did not have a serious bone in his body. He was one of the most irreverent, curmudgeon, hilarious, Indiana flat-top-wearing old men that you would ever come across. If you've ever been in an airport, he was the one that was dressed almost like Indiana Jones with... Uh, an entire suit when he would go on an airplane and go traveling for the day. And when he took off his hat, there would be a nice flat top. And that's assuming that the hat he wore was his stylish traveler hat, which is the Indiana Jones brown beige style of hat. However, most of the time he wore a regular baseball cap and on the front of the baseball cap, it read a simple phrase, which said, Fuck off, I smoke. <laughs> he would wear that everywhere. My Grandpa Pete also had a saying that I appreciate, and it was of the type of person that was just very reserved very closed, and you couldn't get a word out of that person. And the person was very quiet, and you just had no idea what the person was thinking. My grandpa Pete used to say this phrase whenever faced with such a person. He would say, yeah, that guy or girl, that guy or girl, she wouldn't say shit if she had a mouthful. And that, ladies and gentlemen, you can, well, interpret that however you wish to interpret it, because whatever your interpretation is, it's probably right. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, describes the character that I spent 
my time with last night on my first hinge date in probably, I don't know, a year. She was nice. She was cordial. But quite frankly, she was a tax accountant and wouldn't say shit if she had a mouthful. She was closed. She was not open. I am the most open, authentic, transparent soul on this freaking rock that we are spinning on around the sun. I mean, unless, of course, you are one of the bright few out there that believes the earth is flat. So in in that case, then use whatever metaphor you wish. But the bottom line is this. Last night, I was reminded that Jim Detmer has a point, and he is right. That one should commit to living a life that is focused on openness, authenticity, on learning, instead of a commitment to being closed, defensive, and being right. And I'm not, it's not to say there's a cognitive fallacy called fundamental attribution error. So I'm not attributing this to her as, well, a fixed trait that defines her character. It's not. In fact, I exhibit both traits in both sides, and you do too. We go through different phases in life. We oscillate between a phase of being open and authentic and then being closed and reserved. And the reason why we are closed and reserved, and for a very long period of, of my life, I've, I've had very long periods of being guarded and closed and reserved and you know strategic and calculated because I want to protect myself, uh, both financially, emotionally, all aspects, metaphysically, physically. And it feels safer to be more reserved. However, ladies and gentlemen, that is not what I'm looking for today. And last night, I determined that. But with that said, I spent about four hours on this date. Why? It's because wherever I go, I have a hell of a lot of fun. And I make a commitment to that. And so I had a ton of fun last night. Drove around in my Hellcat. Got a lot of heads to turn. You know, my micro penis felt less micro after I revved my engines and got a crowd of people to look at me in awe. And... (laughs) Well, it it was a fun time. Hopped around, was actually social and not essentially burrowed away in my office organizing my Zettelkasten of note cards and nesting note cards with fixed IDs and doing research. However, today I shall do such research, and I shall dive in more to novel concepts in mass persuasion and marketing, and who knows? Who knows what what else I stumble into? But the bottom line is this. 
commit today and try to err on the side of a life wherein you are open, committed to learning, and do not care about being right. One of the most interesting things and pieces of life philosophy wisdom that I've heard in the past three months was an author that escapes, the name escapes my mind right now, but he said that a cool trick and a cool tactic to forcing yourself to learn and also forcing the other person to think through why they believe certain things or why they're closed is to ask how questions. So if someone, for instance, if we let's, you know what? So, so since today I haven't really talked about too many taboo topics, let's, uh, let's dive into religion today, huh? And by the way, I'm going to close out soon before I get too far down the road, but let's say for instance, someone of a certain religion declares that their religion is right and all other religions are wrong. If you are committed to being open and learning and not committed to being right, then the first thing you should do is not try to, well, destabilize the other person's argument and outright deny it and declare it as untrue. The better route is to try to understand and to try to explore and to try to learn and be open. And the way to do that is once they declare that their religious views, uh, which are, once they declare and talk about their religious orthodox views, and declare it as the one and only right answer in life, simply ask, start asking a series of how questions. So, so say, like, how, how have you determined that that is true? And then keep following up with how. There's a similar method with asking why that you may have heard. Just keep asking why. Just keep asking why until you go into the, the, de- the depths of your... <laughs> Uh, your inner reality and soul and um, and get lost in, in the abyss like Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd and who took too much acid and was never the same and his eyes were a, a huge <laughs> uh, uh, basically his pupils were like dilated and black for his whole life because of what he had seen. Uh, so yeah, that's that's one method, but the how method is a little bit different. I don't think I don't think that you you can uh, risk going down the the depths of the the self awareness and question journey with 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 the how as much. What you want to do with the how questions is just continue to ask a series of how questions, like how did you how did you come to determine that that your religion that that is the best one? Well, I just read it and I I, I thought it to be true, right? Well, how how did you come about actually be, being convinced of reading it in the first place? Well, I went I went to I went to church and 
I, uh, and I read it. Well, how did you come about making the decision to go to church? Well, I didn't make the decision. My, my parents took me. Oh, okay. So now it opens up a new line of questioning of, well, how, how is it that you have determined that the sheer chance of you being brought to church by your parents and reading a book is the one and only truth and reality in this world that exists? Just how, how have you determined that that is a proper stance and something that you can defend and something that, well, makes it absolutely certain that you are right? And so you just continue to ask these how questions, right? And you don't do it in a in a condescending way. You do it in a way of pure curiosity and continue asking how. Because what you will do is you will not only learn something, the other person, assuming, well, well, and, and this is a 50-50 on this, but assuming they don't go absolute ape shit and have behavioral issues and anger issues and are super defensive, but if they can see how earnest you are, what you are essentially doing is you are persuading and inspiring them and at having them ask questions themselves because anyone isn't going to change their thoughts just by you telling them what you should think and what you think no no they're going to they're going to change their thoughts and their decisions and their beliefs based on what they think and how they think and asking a series of how questions is essentially a route to enable them to revise and rethink or even think for the first time about certain views and beliefs and values that they hold about reality and about the world. And so that, ladies and gentlemen, about wraps it up because if I continue going on any longer, I'm going to wade into the waters of, well, things that will get me canceled? No, I've kind of already canceled myself and hopefully... Oh yeah, and and, and if you are a, a woke audience member out there, uh, please know that I'm canceled, so stop listening to me. But for everyone else, well, I'm here for you. And, well, I'm honored to serve you. So, with that said, I'm going to part ways with you now and head over to my Peloton bike and hit it like the effeminate little bike-pedaling batch I am, and then proceed to head to my office and kick some absolute ass researching and learning and sharpening my craft in the field of copywriting so that I can share such lessons with you. So with that, my friends... I shall part now and conclude with the sign-off that I always conclude with. 
the one that should drive your life philosophy. And that is to remember to always stay crispy, my friends. Hey, real quick. This podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me, Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do, all right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love, writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools, while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.